Hello everyone, it's Christian Fuchs, former Schalke player. And just to know, you're listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Blau, weiß, ein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Schalke America. We are back together again. The gang is back. We're in the middle of the winter pause. It's wrapping up here. But I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me back on the podcast, Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Uh, pretty spectacular. Uh, my girlfriend not too long ago actually just used, you know, the phrase winter pause. Uh, unprompted, which was okay. which was pretty pretty sweet. <laughs> so uh, I'm doing all right. Good to see you, sir. Happy New Year. How have you been? Happy New Year. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty good. Uh, it's been busy um, in in life, but that's in a, it's a good in a good in a good way. Um, yeah, just been relaxing, went a little uh, vacation between Christmas and New Year's, and kind of just uh, been playing FM a lot on the page. And honestly, other than that just working. Uh, how about you? Yeah, you know, enjoyed a little time with uh, you know family and whatnot over the holidays, and uh, you know, busy time of year for me at work as well. But looking forward to getting Schalke back in our lives here for the yeah. uh, home, home stretch. Yeah, it's uh, kicking off this Saturday. Uh, it's the late game, I guess. Yeah, it's a late game on Saturday against Hamburg. Uh, not a great way to start the the second half of the season, the Rukrunda, but a uh, little rundown about what we're going to talk about tonight. Kind of catch up on the news that's happened thus far. It's not been much. Uh, we're gonna talk about Mark Vilmots. Now he's the new sporting director for Schalke. What do we think? Uh, I kind of held up, held back my thoughts uh, during the uh, FM series thus far. So we're gonna get bo- we'll get both of our opinions. We'll talk about our dream eleven, um, best Schalke team since you've been watching the team. Uh, yeah, since you've been watching, following Schalke, and then uh, we'll talk some player grades, give out some awards, and get on out of here. Maybe Hamburg, obviously preview Hamburg a little bit. Uh, but let's get into it, Jack. Um, so kind of catch up on the news. There really hasn't been too much news. A lot of we've talked about players that we can see come and go and all this stuff. They've had a lot of rumors of players that could come in, a lot of rumors of players that could go out. So far, nothing's really come to fruition. Uh, I think yeah. Cissé has been confirmed possibly going out on loan. That's about the extent of it, honestly, in terms of players going out. Uh, nothing yet coming in. I think the biggest news that's happened in terms of Schalke on the team so far is effective January 1, Peter Canabo was out, and uh, they decided, uh, I would say, Christina, Christina Rule, Hammers, and... Um, and Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? The new CEO. Tillman, yeah. Tillman, Tillman. Yeah, Tillman, yeah, Tillman. Yeah, yeah. They decided they're going to restructure Schalke, how they look at things, and um, Heckelman was going to change his role to a technical director from what his previous role was. And so that means the sporting director... For initially, they said... We're not going to have a sporting director role. We don't, we don't really need it. And then all of a sudden, they hire Mark Vilmots as a new sporting director. Um, and that's been the biggest news so far. The other big um, low-hanging fruit has been Cherlinov, like a name we've been talking about for a while now. Players obviously romanticize about, romanticizing about him. Is he going to come back? Will he come back? That's been the rumor thus far. Nothing's happened. Now. Let's start off with Darko Cherlinov. Um, thoughts on... And we may have touched on this briefly during the, during the Hinrunda, but um, thoughts on... Chirlunov possibly coming back to Schalke and, and from what you've heard so far, obviously it's all been rumors thus far, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It seems like it was kind of like the, the fans manifested it 
it, it was something that fans were talking about, I think, prior to there were even being any sort of substantive um, you know, tidbits or whatever in the media to kind of warrant speaking about it. But um, I think people following, you know, knowing that, you know, Trilinov is probably not getting, you know, optimum play time where he's at currently um, his, his club is open to potentially him going elsewhere uh, for play time. Obviously there's a connection with shock previously. A lot of people wanted to sign him, keep him permanently. We weren't able to do that, um, but there's an opportunity to get him on loan for a half a season for free. Um, I mean, free, at least in terms of, you know, no transfer fee, whether we're paying salary or whatever else. But um, I think, yeah, if it's something that we can can make happen, I think we got to go for it. I think wing play has been pretty weak from us this year. Um, And I mean, yeah, the the guy is motivated to come back at Schalke. um, So I think it'd be a good fit. I think in terms of loan signings, it's probably as close to optimum as you can imagine, because it's a guy who has a history here. You know, has him getting playing time, wants to get playing time. You could say, hey, why, why would we want to take somebody on loan who wasn't getting any playing time? Um, not going to be in great form. That's what a lot of loan signings are. People are getting they're getting a lot of playing time aren't just going to be sent out on loan. Um, yeah. So it's just it, it's kind of what it is. So if, for me personally, I, I view it pretty positively, and I think if we're able to pull it off, it'll be a good thing. How do you feel about it? I think your comment about our win play has been, been weak thus far. Uh, one of the comments, I'm going to slightly diverge for a second. One of the comments Gerard's made recently at the end of the um, Portugal training camp uh, during the midseason was that they asked him, what is his biggest weakness? What does he need to fill? And one of the comments was, I mentioned two of the comments he made. The first comment was the right wing. Right wing, we need help on there. We need some help in the attack. Um, that is a weak spot for us in the team that kind of echoes what you just said there and kind of how we felt this season. The second part of the comment was, I think the defense is, uh, is a strength of ours. And I left me flabbergasted because that's probably the worst part of our whole team is defense, honestly. But, you know, getting back to Cherlinov, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think, yeah, in one, in one respect, yes, he is um, one, he, like you, everything you said, he's, he's a, someone who knows the team very well. He's got that uh, game-breaking ability. He, even when he was with us last time, he had those moments where, like, he would just show up and make something crazy happen that, out of nowhere. And we need that. We really don't have that at the moment, other than Odrago, and he's out injured at the moment. And we just don't have really any really great speed on that on that wing. Kazuki's been uh, a bust thus far. Last man hasn't really done much. Karaman, he's done well, but he's he's kind of moving everywhere. Really, he's been as a utility man up in the attack. And in that respect, in that respect, it makes sense. And the other respect is like I think he played. He's only played. 500 minutes or something since he left Schalke, which is two years ago or something like that, which is not much. It's not very much. Um, so there's obviously players, like you mentioned, when they're on loan, they typically don't play that much, but he's also had a bunch of health issues. That's my big concern. It's like health-wise, is he going to be able to make it? I don't want to bring someone on that you know could potentially have ramifications on their own life. You know, you want someone to be healthy, and you shouldn't just kind of force yourself out there because you love the game. Uh, if, if he gets a clean bill of health, which I imagine it would with a loan, then yeah, why not? I mean, it's, it, if it's was there something serious that happened to him that I that I missed? He's had he's had heart issues, um, and that's what put him out of that's what put him out of was it West Ham or Burnley? Burnley that he was at for a long time, uh, I believe it was some kind of heart complications or something like that. That's what the big issue was, I thought, with him. Um, but uh, he's back. Uh, hey, Med Hunters in the chat says Glukov, good to see you in the chat. Uh, I'm as happy to see Jack as you are there. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's been my, my biggest concern with the darker Trilinov, uh, and also the price. If we get to get him for a cheap on a loan with you know minimal you know weekly uh, obligations, great. Uh, I heard that at some point they were trying to Heckelman was trying to just outright buy him because that's what Burnley wants. Burnley wants to buy him, and I think it'd be like 
4 million euros or something like that. We can't afford that, at least without somebody going away, you know, selling somebody. Um, in my FM series, I sold Thomas Oleon, if anybody cares. But uh, <laughs> um, it's been interesting. And, and the whole thing with me, with Darko Chernovanov, I, I, I think, yes, ultimately it's positive. My biggest gripe is that management keeps saying, oh, what if this, what if that, this, this, all these scenarios, and they haven't put in a freaking offer yet. It's been 18 days since the window opened, and they haven't even put an offer in. And my whole thing is, put in an offer, see what they counter it with, and then you can say, okay, let's adjust as, as we need to. But just talk and say, oh, yeah, we want Dirk Richard off, and we would be nice to have him, da-da-da, price needs to come down. But, like, you haven't put in an offer yet. The agent said so itself. It's like the agent's getting tired. It's like, we're not going to wait around for Chuck all, all, the whole time. we got, we got to just move our player if I need to. And so that's been the biggest thing that's been bugging me. And that's, if it's going to happen, just do it. You know, do it, put an offer in, negotiate, and then try to try your best to get them. I know, that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think even outside of going off, there's, there hasn't been, as you mentioned, really any action whatsoever to speak of in terms of incoming people. And I think that's a lot less action than a lot of Schalke supporters would have been hoping for. Maybe not expecting given, you know, some of the uh, the comments that were coming out ahead of the Vincent Pauser from, from leadership trying to kind of like head off that you know that inclination from the fan base but um you know even so i think a lot of people look at the squad and you know say that we need reinforcements and so the fact that we're now um you know approaching our return game in january with really nothing to show for this entire you know break off is is, is not necessarily encouraging yeah the like the only bit of news is that um our injured players are starting to come back oh drago is near he's near returning as is polter and and leo grimal Kabadai and Laspa are back training with the team, so we're getting healthier. Uh, Marius Muller as well, he's, he's back training with the team. Um, the other bit of news was Gerards was asked um, about Marius Muller and, and, and Fairman. He said, right now, yeah, Fairman's my number one. There's no reason for me not to have Fairman as my number one. Uh, and I said, that's, that's great for for PR standpoint because you don't want to piss off Fairman as, as well as he's playing right now. Um, and it's nice to have Marius Muller one, you don't want to rush him out there and get injured again. So let him stay there in the bench. And if you need to pull Fairman, then you can pull him. I mean, Fairman's doing a decent enough job. He's, I don't think he's been a reason why we've struggled so far, at least towards the second half of the season since Gerrards has been there. First half, you could you could argue many things for different different positions. Um, thoughts? You okay with those comments by Gerrards on, on Fairman? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, you know, you hate to have a player lose his position due to injury. Um, and that's essentially what's happening with, with Muller because he was – Fantastic. Happened to I Fairman, think, right? You know, years ago. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, Fairman's also been pulled for performance issues yeah. at times as well. But um, yeah. So I think it's unfortunate that happens, but I think it's probably the right decision, as you said. Um, you want to give Mueller the maximum amount of time possible uh, to recover. Uh, if Fairman isn't really giving you a reason to pull him, then you might as well give Mueller that extra time to recover. If Fairman's performance is suddenly dip, you can always put Mueller back in, and it'll be warranted. And Fairman will probably have less to say about it than he would right now if you made that change. Additionally, if you do bring Muller bin right now, he's coming in once again, maybe not 100% fit and certainly not 100% um, in terms of rust, you would imagine. Yeah. So then if he has a bad performance immediately or something, do you bench him and put Furman back in? And then it becomes this like, you know, swap thing for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I think it's better to just kind of play conservatively. And you know, not rock the boat unless unless the situation ultimately kind of presents itself. And Fairman is an influential player on the team as well. Sure. Who's to say if you put, you, you take him out, it affects the whole team, right? We don't want that. We're already we're already fragile as it is mentality wise. Uh, so give yeah. him his cake. 
<laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> uh two more two two more comments i want to make about what garza said about players in general first he said uh he thinks he think he thinks very highly of paul seguin uh thinks that he's a very skilled player a guy who can really lead the team which we kind of saw probably the last month or so he started coming around being more consistent and yeah. the other thing was i think was interesting to hear was about lendy idrizi um he said that when he first joined shaka he heard a lot of negativity about blendy uh, that he was uh, not a team player, that attitude issues, whatever. Gerard said, since he's been at Schalke, he's seen nothing of that. He said Blendy's been um, hardworking in practice, really pushing guys to get better. And when he sees him on the pitch, he sees him really as one of the pivotal team members, one of the core players on the team. And he says, like, I need him out there. He's been that good for me. He's been getting better and better each week. And so that's nice to hear for you know two of us who have been pushing for Blendy for sure. a long time. He's finally getting his flowers at least a little bit for the time being. Uh, so it's nice to hear that the coach is actually recognizing him. It's going to go a long way with his confidence. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be mentioning Idrizi later uh, with some of the topics that we'll be bringing up a little bit later in the podcast. Dream 11? Dream 11? Not, not, not Dream 11. <laughs> not, not, not quite. He's, he's got a little bit of work to do on that front. Um, uh, Medhunter mentioning that he misses Salazar. Yeah, no no shit. Absolutely. Yeah. You see the absolute screamer he scored? Yes, I was going to tell you about yeah, that goal. I mean, oh, that was good a Lord. Uh, oh. He's certainly good for a couple of those a season. Yeah. Um, we, we've seen it in birth, uh, ourselves. Um, but yeah, Drizzy, um, uh, you know, one of those guys that was part of that crop of players like, you know, like uh, Katuchu, Flick, Boz, Duan. Uh, there you go, Free Katuchu. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like so, some of these guys who, who, who you know, t- to varying degrees, but um, uniformly to some extent, we all kind of liked and, and saw a little bit of potential in. And all of whom pretty much have been ousted at this point or, or sent elsewhere. Um, so nice to see, uh, yeah, like you said, him getting some 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 praise and in a nice run of form, and hopefully stays healthy and is able to be an influential player because I think the midfield has been a big issue for us in the first half of the season. A rotating cast of characters, as you mentioned, you know, Seguin coming on late in the first half, but certainly didn't start off his time at Schalke particularly well. I think Templeman's been inconsistent. You have Danny Lazzo, who's just not, you know, regular starter. So, I mean, I think there's definitely room for someone to come into the squad and kind of take a starting position by the reins. Um, and, yeah, I'm optimistic that, that Idrizi can do that in the second half of the season. It's funny. Um, you know, we with the, talk about the shirt and players that, we, you know, we, we've kind of gravitated to in the past. Obviously, the, the free Katucci movement, you know, got big. Uh, at one point, but it's funny now. It's kind of transition, and I want to say that it's because of us that during the during the friendlies, uh, the friendly against Wolfsburg, uh, old friend um, Mercedes Jens came to play, and then the hashtag that blew up was free Jens. It's like I think I think we know where you got that from. It's okay. Well, this you know you don't have to give us credit, but we know we know. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that that's my main comments, I guess, for um, the players and the news that's happened thus far. Obviously, one of the bigger talking points is Mark Vilmot's um, Shaka legend, former Shaka legend, uh, a guy who's done everything. He's he's managed, he's played, he's done it all, it seems like. Now he's a sporting director. What are your thoughts with him joining Shaka? Do you think this is more of a PR move? Do you think this is the right move? Like, What are your thoughts in general? So, look, if, if we if we needed to obviously replace Peter Gnabel, I'm not, I'm not upset about that at all. And so from that perspective, I think it's a positive to get a fresh kind of face in, in that sort of general role. Um, I mean, correct me if, I, if I'm completely mistaken and missing this, but like this, this is the first time he's been a sporting director, correct? He doesn't have a history of that. He's mostly been in management. I believe you're correct. Um, uh, but I've been obviously part of the Eurofighter team, um, you know, an, an important player in, 
in Schalke history and somebody that obviously has you know a lot of feelings for the club still and a connection there, which is everyone loves that whenever you can make a hire along those lines. Um, you know, Belgium national team coach. I think yeah. he was coaching Iran and, and somewhere else the last couple of years. So, I mean, he has, he has experience obviously on the field and also in terms of, um, you know, training sessions and all kinds of other things. So there's areas that he can, you would imagine monitor and have a pretty informed opinion about, you know, progress or how something's running. So that's, I think important to maybe have somebody with that level of experience yeah. in a position like sporting director. But I mean, am I like, super stoked about it and think it's the greatest thing ever i think it remains to be seen i'm certainly open to it and i and i hope it i hope it goes well but um i mean yeah we'll have to see how he does i think it's going to be difficult to judge in the short term in terms of your if you're looking from like a personnel standpoint just because i don't i don't really feel like you know heckleman or um phil Motz or gareth are really going to get a whole lot of support you know from from christina or whoever else to, to, to have the funds to actually affect anything in the yeah. short term so it's really going to be about you know whether or not they can improve processes or you know help manage the squad that we have currently and get the most out of them and that kind of stuff so i think you know judging him is gonna is gonna be a little bit more of a medium or longer term yeah but yeah and i think I, i'm along with you in the same lines it's gonna be a really a wait and see about um how he's gonna do i think what he said thus far has been good to hear and he's saying the right things um so we'll have to give him time to see what he can do obviously He's had 18 days thus far. hasn't done anything. No, I'm, you got to get into the. He's got to get into it, and you know he's got some um, good plans. But I like see what he does the rest of this window. Can he bring in anybody that's gonna be help, of help to us? He's gonna offload some dead weight, get some money. It's gonna be interesting to see how he handles a team with no budget, because um, that's where we are at the moment. Um, he, one of the players that was rumored was some kid from somewhere in Norway or something, something like that. And the kid was like five million euros. I'm like, we can't afford five million euro player right now. Are you kidding me? Like, it'd be nice if we if we could. We'd get Darko Chernoff, I guess. But we, it's it's not something that we are capable of at the moment. So, how he handles this team? We've seen what Roven Schroeder did in the past, and he did magic. He did magic with nothing. Can he? Can Vilmots at least stabilize his team and get us in a place where we can actually fight for promotion this year and have a chance, if not get promoted, put us in a good spot where we're we're doing well. And then going to next season, just trying to trying to really blast it and, and go, you know, uh, coast to coast with the you know the top of the table. We'll see. I think that's going to be Vilmots will make or break if he if he if he can do as Roven Schroeder does. It's only going to be good things for him, good things for us, and hopefully, you know, what Schroeder couldn't do and, and a lot of it was lack of money was you know get us back to the Bundesliga and keep us there at least at least for a, a season extra. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that pans out, but. Um, Overall, I mean, it's. I wasn't too. Canabo did some okay things, I think, as a as a, in that kind of role. Um, and Heckelman, you know, call it what you want, but put him in a technical technical role. Maybe that's where he's better suited. Possibly, uh, time will tell with that. It's still the main the main goal for us is not to get relegated this season, and hopefully we're, we've stabilized enough that we can pu- have a nice push at the second half of the table because we are currently what fifteenth place or something fourteenth place. Um, not far off in, in terms of points, uh, but we need to massively improve and, and stabilize as a team overall. And, and, and men- mentality-wise, we absolutely need to. So we'll we'll see how that that all pan out. But um, yeah, interesting decision, and uh, I'm curious how it pan. Uh, I'm curious how it goes. So uh, I do want to talk about. So we we've been hinting at it already. The uh, Dream Eleven, and I talked about this a couple episodes ago during the uh, the Shaka FM series. If you haven't seen it yet, go. 
on our YouTube page. We've been doing a, a live stream on Mondays, the same time slot. Just trying to keep just keep the my, my grease running, my everything running smoothly, so I don't forget how to do this stuff. Uh, we've playing shock with FM, trying to rebuild them, and um, and so we've been talking about some news there. And this is where it's kind of broke out. Where I read this article from GimmeSport.com, and this play, this this um, writer says this is my dream eleven. And to recap, it was uh, Manuel Neuer and goal. And then, of course, I shut my window. <laughs> Manuel Neuer and goal. Uh, Tilo Carrera is right back. Center backs of Joel Matip and Malik Chow. Left back of uh, Sead Kolasinic. Midfielders of Ivan Rakitic. Leon Goretzka. Weston McKinney. And then uh, attackers of Julian Draxler, Brielle Mbolo, and Leroy Sané. And my initial thought, like I said then, was who the fuck's starting 11 is that? If that's your best 11, shock, like what the hell? You'll be in a fan since, what, 2017? But then... You should, as you should, read the entire article. And it just said, of players that are still playing these days, for that used to be with Shaka, who would be the best 11? I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But that got my, 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 my thoughts running in my head and saying, well, what is Shaka's best dream 11? For, since all the time that I've been watching Shaka, what would be my dream 11? And so that's my question for you and for me, because I, I haven't shared this yet. Um, curious what our dream 11s should be. Uh, should I start with yours, Jack? Can we start with yours? Yeah, absolutely. You can start with mine. Uh, I guess I pulled. Oh, here we go. I, can, I pulled it up. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I can share the screen here. Uh, but, 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 where is this the right page? We'll find out. Yep, that's it. Okay. <clears throat> so, somewhat short notice to put this together, so I reserve the right to uh, to make adjustments later. But um, I mean, yeah. So Richard, you were saying, you know, of players that that I've seen play. Yep. For Schalke, or kind of, kind of, kind of can remember. So mine's kind of a mix of some of the people that I think are the best people that I've seen play and also just random favorites and whatnot. Uh, There's certain players that were at the club and played for Schalke when I was still kind of initially following them, but I, for whatever reason, just don't really remember watching that much. So they're not in the team for that reason. That'd be people like Rakitic. I just personally don't really remember watching much Rakitic, you know, at Schalke right. or Mezzanozo, people like that. Um, but yeah, where do you want to start? And I can just kind of walk you through it. Yeah. Let's start from the goalkeeper and just work our way out, I guess. Kind of got to be Manuel Neuer. Um, yeah, no brainer there. Pretty, pretty phenomenal. Uh, doesn't get much better than that. Uh, you know, honorable mention to Fairman, obviously, for the time that he's put in. He's a he's a club legend, uh, for sure. Um, if you want to go right back, I think Uchida is a is an honorable mention. Yeah, for sure. But I'm going with Rafinha. Um, you know, pretty pretty great player in that position. And I think yeah, right and left back. I think there just weren't that many options for me. <laughs> That yeah. I can that that I really like loved since I've been a fan. I think those have kind of been a weak point for us for a very long time. But anyway, um, center backs. I ultimately went with uh, Benedict Tevez and, and uh, Matip. Okay. Um, I think uh, honorable mention could be like Bordon or like uh, um, even Naldo if you want to go super recent. Yeah, like yeah, Marcel Bordon and then like and and, and Naldo. But um, for me, yeah, the covered is obviously P covered is was pretty great and and. Uh, Matip was an important player for us for for a while before obviously we lost him to Liverpool. Um, left back is just a shit show, so I just went for a name just to be funny. So I went for for Christian Pander, um, and just you know saying like w- what could have been if not for the injuries that he he sustained for like pretty much his entire tenure at, at Schalke. But I mean like players like I didn't love Christian Fuchs honestly when he was at Schalke. I wasn't like a huge fan of him while he was here. Um, I'm not gonna give it to like Dennis Iogo or Bastian Ochipka or. Um, I mean, I guess you could say Colsian and Shinozeo, give it to him to some extent. I think that's totally fair, and I could have, could have, and probably should have did that, but I just started to go with Pander just because, you know, why not? Uh, any initial thoughts on the, uh, the, the the back end of things there? 
Yeah, no, the back four is, I mean, it's pretty good. It's hard to go wrong with all those players. Um, Christian Panderzel has been one of my, one of my favorites for sure. Um, Rafinha or Cheetah, I mean, you could argue, you can make an argument for Cheetah as a left back if you want to, but yeah, his natural position is right back. And so, yeah, it's hard. I think Rafinha has been, not only was he probably had the slightly better season with Schalke, but then he went on to bigger things too with Bayern and was really Bayern, made yeah, sure. himself, you know, so I, that's, that's a really great shout there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Hovidus, it's hard not to have Hovidus in there, you know, one of the great captains in, in Chalka history. So, uh, no, I like it. I like the back four. Who, who are you going to go? You're going to go, like, Metzelder and, like, and, uh, and like, like uh, we'll get for left it. back, we'll you can shout out, like, Escudero or somebody totally random. I have no idea. Anyway. We'll get to uh, it. Boateng, uh, no. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, my midfield, my midfield is weird, and that's because right. I, I wanted to accommodate two, two kind of strikers or, or forwards just because I love both those guys so much and they hold right. like a special place in my heart. So for that reason, I've gone with a kind of like a 4-4-2 diamond, which doesn't really make sense for some of the players that are going to be in this midfield. But um, had to throw Goretzka in there kind of at the base of things. Um, hopefully that's not a controversial pick. I've gone for Leroy Sané uh, on the left just because in his brief time at Schalke, he was just insanely electric. Um, and obviously Nearly gone beat Man great. City because oh no he was wasn't with us and he played against us then never mind never mind but no scored against Real Madrid Real Madrid in that, yes. in that yeah in that in that win in the Champions League um, no but just yeah so many great moments from him in such a short period of time and we kind of we knew he was going to be a special player um, I, I've shoehorned Draxler into like a number ten position which once again is, is doesn't really make a lot of sense for him necessarily but um, just because you know obviously super talented youngster had some amazing highlights. Um, you know, some of his combinations with Raul and whatnot back in the day and everything, and maybe didn't have the career that we all thought he was going to have. Certainly had a you know respectable career, maybe didn't reach the heights that we thought he would. Um, but you know, uh definitely associate him with some of the more early days of my Shaga fandom. And then a personal favorite of mine, I've gone for Jefferson Farfan on, on the on the right side. Um some other players you could have put there for sure, but that's just kind of personally who I who I happen to love. Um and then up top I got uh Karani and uh Puntilar. Um which once again, hopefully Neither of those are super controversial either, although I know I'm living like Raul off, for example, and some other people you might you might put in there. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a good starting 11 there. Good dream 11. And I figured that you and I would be very similar. Um, no, nah, I just lost my page. There we go. <laughs> Let me pull my screen back up. Uh, there we go. All right. So here's my dream 11. Very similar to yours. Uh, in goal again, yeah, uh, Manuel Neuer, no-brainer there. There was a shout, though, for uh, that team with Hildebrand. Um, who was the other goalkeeper we had that is a blonde kid? I can't remember his name. Timo Vellenreuter? Uh, uh... Yes, yes. I, I thought he would have had a chance for while I was pulling for him to kind of be the, the next replacement for uh, Neuer never happened, you know, but Neuer's no-brainer. He's one of the great goalkeepers in, in history, honestly, and he really changed the way the game has been played. Uh, so no-brainer for me. Back four is very similar to yours. Rafinha for me right back, just beat at Uchida. Uh, Hovidis is my, uh, you know, he's one of, the, one, of the, one of the greats there. Bordone is a favorite, one of my favorites. And I, I kind of figured you'd put him in there for sure. Bordon yeah, and Pander. Me, yeah. You know, it's just that arrow of Schalke. Uh, Bordone and Pander hold a special place in my heart. Pander, like you mentioned, he, you know, his career was cut short. Had the wicked free kick ability, crossing ability with that left foot. Um, but yeah, his, it wasn't as, it didn't have the long career that we had all hoped for. Bordone has just been, he's brilliant for me. You know, I kept up, I nearly put in Naldo over Hovidus and, and I thought about, I was like, no, it's Hovidus. I got to put him in there. Uh, but Bordone will always be in my starting 11. It just, uh, I loved everything about him. Um, real quick. What does that say about Naldo though? That both of us were actually considering him putting him in there when he was that late in his career and it was only here for a couple of seasons. I mean, he was legitimately that good for a while. It was so surprising that he was playing at that level. I think 
what te- what players do in derbies have uh, a lasting effect on all of True. us and, and it puts a special place in our heart so naldo for us obviously karani as well but you know you know layman despite playing for the for the rivals he, he scored against them you know first goalkeeper in open play to score uh so you know that has a lot to do with it and yeah Ronaldo, great personality great captain um he just big game player and how you can not like him so it it says a lot about him you know um, and that, that was really a it, at that point when he joined Schalke, people thought he had taken a step back and then he goes to Schalke and kind of like had a second coming of a season a season or two uh, before it kind of got back to the ground level, I guess. So you know, it was just amazing for him, but uh, didn't quite make both of our starting 11s. My midfield, um, I, I did a 4-3-3, so I got far, uh, far fun, obviously, like you, uh, one of my favorites on the right. So that made me able to put fit Draxler on the left. Same reason as you. Lincoln is, again, another one of my favorite players. Um, it's a good had so much, yeah, it's a good had so much fun. I almost put Fabian Ernst. I don't know how many people remember him, but Fabian Ernst was a, a great center midfielder for Schalke. I, I said great. I, I just really liked him. Uh, but Lincoln, for me, I was always I always love watching uh, Lincoln. Lincoln's one of the, like when I think of attacking midfielders that I enjoyed watching um, was Lincoln and Rui Costa. Uh, both those players reminded me a lot of the same. They had different characteristics, but they they were just so good on the ball. Technically, they were fantastic. So Lincoln. Lincoln for sure made it for me, and then I found a way to get Raul in mind. Uh, he doesn't necessarily play; he plays a striker, so but he plays on the right side. So, Karani, Huntelar, and Raul for me uh, in the top three. Um, I wanted to put the Alton tops in there, at least, you know, if not Halil and Benhamet as well. Absolutely. Um, some other players I was thinking of. Uh, Rakitic. We didn't we didn't mention Rakitic. I think Rakitic and Ozil, both players, really became world class once they left Schalke. Um, Rakitic, I think when he made his move to what was it, uh, Barcelona or Sevilla first, um, that's kind of when he took over there and kind of grew his hair out. And then uh, Ozil, when he hit once he hit Werder Bremen and then eventually made the move to Real Madrid, that's kind of when he became a you know a superstar. Um, so many other players that that came at least in our era from you know uh, early two thousands onward uh, that you could mention. Uh, shit, you could also even put in you know Buskins who stopped playing for Schalke in two thousand two or something like that if you wanted. If you want to go or Asamoah, Gerald Asamoah, sure. right? Another fan favorite. So. Yeah, so many players you could put in there, but you know, when I when I read that article about the Dream Eleven, I started like, oh, that that'd be something interesting to see. And good like nostalgia pieces to kind of reflect on some of the players we you know we come and watch and uh, through the years. Um, so yeah, no, no, that was, that was interesting to, to hear our thoughts, your thoughts, and my thoughts on that. So, um, player grades. Let's let's get into as quick as we can with you know player grades. We don't want to spend a uh, ridiculous amount of time on it, but. Um, Looking at our players, and let's just talk about the players who actually got some minutes this year. Uh, and I would say, so we don't like grade them too harsh. We would say play it above average, average or below average, or you know, however you want to, however you want to phrase it. Um, and you can give it a, no, a non-rating easy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So thumbs up, neutral, thumbs down. Beautiful. There you go. See, see, you're smart of the two. Uh, Asan Odrago. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I would agree with that. Thumbs up for me too. The captain, Simon Toroto. Uh, neutral. Um, I mean, you can say thumbs down. Hasn't really necessarily commanded that that starting position. I think he's been okay when he's been in there. Um, obviously, would like to see more from him in the second half of the season. But um, given the rotation up top and everything like that, I don't know. I, I think it's probably what you would expect from him at this point. I would agree with that. I think, you know, statistically, yeah, it's a thumbs down. However, he's come on as of late. And one of the friendlies, he had a hat trick. Um, recently, uh, he had two goals. One of the goals was really beautiful from Schalke. Uh, but he's come on as of late. He hasn't really never had a, a down attitude. 
uh, funny story, funny side story that Gerards. I heard that when Gerards came on the team, he had benched uh, Torta for the Dusseldorf match, I believe it was, and I think Heckelman came down and said, "Hey, hey, you can't, you can't bench Torota. He, he's he's Torota. You can't, you can't bench him." I think they had Polter starting that game, whatever. And ever since then, Torota's been playing ever since, uh, and he's gotten better since he came back. But uh, uh, Torota, yeah, thumbs up. Keenan Carman, thumbs up. Yeah, that's a thumbs up. He's arguably one of our best players this season. Uh, Ralph Fairman. Mostly thumbs up. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, hasn't been a reason most of the time that uh, we've, we've lost the game or, or had a goal against us. Timo Baumgartel. Neutral to negative. No one in the defensive line is really going to get high marks for me for the most part. So, I'm going to go I'm going to go negative. Um, he kind of and everything now on what I'm reading from you know Gerards and everything that's going on in training camp and so like that it's starting to bring me back to neutral. But uh, from you know he, had, he obviously had those comments about Rice and he's been. It seemed like he's has been a, a big conflict for us in, in the back room. It seemed like that's but, fair. And you know and, and his play on the pitch. That, that's just something. The play on the pitch is where he's been. He's been terrible on the pitch. A lot of the errors when he was in playing have been bad. Now granted, the whole back back four and even the back six have been terrible. Um, but I thought Baumgartel, I had such high expectations, hoping that he would come in and at least solidify the defense. And if anything, he made it weaker, it seemed like. So thumbs down for me. Uh, Kiki Top. I uh, haven't really seen enough to have strong opinions. I go neutral to positive, though. I think the fact that he's emerged has been a good thing, and hopefully there's more to see from him in the second half of the season as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think he's come on off late, and I think the combination with him and Tarot have, have, have potentially found something well. They've been forming a nice partnership towards the end of the Hinrunda plus uh, in the Portugal training camp, and so it could eventually become positive. I'm going to say neutral as well. Uh, your boy, Lino Templeman. There's times I would have said positive. There's times I would have said <laughs> negative, so I'm going to go right in the middle for that. I'm sure there's people that disagree with me and you know really like his contributions this season. He just hasn't been the consistent you know, force I need him to be. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for the most part of the season, I was uh, positive on him because I, I, I do like his defensive defensive work rate and stuff like that. But at times he is very frustrating, as you pointed out many times is, uh, in the Henrunda. And uh, he's kind of cooled off too. He The last month he's kind of been null and void, it seems like. He just disappeared. Uh, and so I'm going to go neutral. He was positive for me most of the season, but I'm going to say neutral for me. Uh, let's go Yusuf Kabadai. Uh, neutral, maybe slightly positive. Has had some good moments. Um, inconsistent as well. I think you'd expect that from somebody like him. But I mean, decent kind of loan signing or whatever. In, in the meantime, um, and like I said, yeah, he provided the spark occasionally. Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I would agree with you. I would say, yeah, it's. I haven't seen quite enough of him. Uh, very similar to Kiki Top. I would. Uh, I'm gonna say neutral. He's had his moments where you think, oh, yeah, he's like the only guy playing. For, there was like a two, three-game stretch where he was the only one playing well in the attack. Uh, so, that you know, has that. But also, at times, he's drifted away. He's also had the injuries as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go neutral for me. Uh, Soichiro Kozuki. don't even think we can judge based on what I mean, how many he's been available. But I think the fact that he hasn't really factored probably suggests that maybe the people that were saying, you know, his meteoric rise could be more a function of, you know, form rather than class. Maybe they could be correct. I thought I just saw something that said he's going to be training with like the U23s as well for the moment. So maybe he's like, I, I don't know. It seems like things are not going well for him at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, we we thought that 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 nice rise was in the Bundesliga. So you thought for sure going to despite the Liga, you would have you do you would do much better, and he hasn't. And you know, to be fair, we thought the, we thought the same things for um, 
Timo Becker as well, and then you know similar similar trajectory downward where they just struggled. And uh, who was the other one? Uh, Malik, was it Malik Chow or is it somebody else? I forget who the other person was. Or like they just struggled more despite the Liga. It seemed like. So yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say thumbs down just because he just hasn't quite adjusted yet. And he, the times that he's played with the U23s this season, he has done well. So maybe he just it's a mentality thing. He's got to get back his confidence, and once he gets on fire down there, bring him back sure. up or something like that. But thumbs down for me, uh, Brian Lastman. Uh, I'm gonna go neutral. Um, I think he's had some some really good goals, some really good plays, moments where he's looked absolutely electric. I think this could just be more of a function of my own expectations for him coming the season, though. I wanted him to have a bigger impact than he's had so far overall. I think he's been kind of spotty. Um, yeah. I was kind of hoping he was going to kind of take the attack by the reins and kind of be it, be the guy. And like I said, there's moments where it looked like he's capable of that, but just hasn't really quite done it yet. Yeah, at times I, I think we all wanted him, or at least I wanted him to be the Boulter replacement, right? So has a he's got the same qualities as Boulter and to an extent, same number, uh, very fast, but he just seems to be missing quality opportunity after quality opportunity. You know, when he played for Armenia last year, he did. I think he had like. Uh, eight goals and two assists or something like that so he contributed quite a bit for them despite their relegation or second relegation and i thought he would be able to do the same thing here and he's had the opportunities he just cannot put them away for whatever reason and on the uh, uh shaka legends po- uh, podcast cross fisher even said he's like this guy seems like he has all the talent in the world but he's just so clumsy and he keeps getting his own way and i think that's a great way to sum it up and i th- i'm gonna say i'm gonna go slightly i'm gonna it's like neutral to negative, not quite full negative. Because uh, there, there have been moments where he's had some good stuff, and he's, he has he's been what we needed. But for the most part, I you know I was hoping a lot more from him and hasn't haven't got it so far. And I'm hoping he gets it, but um, it, it very well could have been the whole team was struggling in that first half of season. We were lost under Rice for whatever reason, or just didn't want to play, and we the whole team seemed to have found a a second life with Gerards, and hopefully that that just in turn means more more goals and more confidence for everybody. So, uh, Marius Muller. Uh, yeah, thumbs up was fantastic start of the season. Unfortunately, they got hurt. Yeah, uh, as you see right here, only six games with us in the Bundesliga or Spite the Liga. In the six games, he was brilliant. Um, I thought uh, he kept many games from being, you know, 10 goals down versus, you know, whatever the scoreline was. That first Hamburg game was a, you know, I, I think it was interesting because we weren't sure what kind of player Myers Muller was. And there's several people that said, Oh no, this guy's this guy's legit. You got to watch out for him. And we're like, okay, well, let's see. And the first game is Hamburg. We're getting shellacked. It should have been ten goals for Hamburg, and he saved. It seemed like nine. I think it was nine saves in that game. Something ridiculous. And in the first three games, or so he was getting near you know, double digit saves every game. Uh, so we didn't realize how good he was. And so yeah, for sure, thumbs up. You know, you can say incomplete if you want to, but I think I saw enough from him that I'm like, this guy's good. Uh, just wish he would stay healthy. Uh, and so, you know, if he ever gets back in the lineup, I think it'll help the team. But you know, I. Going back to our earlier sentiment, I think Fairman staying in net is probably the right thing. But yeah, Marius Muller, thumbs up for me. Uh, Ibrahim Asise. Yeah, let's try to go through these last ones a couple a little bit quicker. Right, for him, right. for me, like bit, can't even judge. Like one appearance at the start of the season wasn't good, so maybe you could say thumbs down. But really, never saw him again. So yeah, I'm gonna say uh, incom- incomplete, neutral for me. Um, Henny Matriciani. Uh, maybe negative uh hasn't been amazing but once again just doing whatever's asked of him putting in the shifts when people were hurt that kind of stuff you appreciate his presence in the squad but you can't really rate him amazingly highly this season 
Yeah, he's he's one that had to step back as well. I thought this season. I think Henry Tristiani for me is a down, unfortunately. Good heart, but yeah, that's enough. Seguin. Yeah, mildly positive just because of his stretch at the end of the uh, end of the season. Well, sorry. Like I mean, I, I yeah, feel like yeah. beginning of the season was not a fan of him at all. Yep. Really came on late. Um, uh, coach obviously likes him. We're expecting big things from him second half of the season. I hope that's the case. Yeah, I I am gonna go neutral, but it's leaning towards positive as you said. Uh, Paul Seguin. I'll tell you. I mean, uh, Paul Seguin. Thomas. Oh yeah, for me, thumbs down. Um, neutral for me, uh, okay. much better than last season. We kind of have our left back back to some extent, but still hasn't been amazing. Did have some nice moments. This and is much more looking like his old self. Yeah, uh, fair enough. That's fair enough. Sebastian Poulter. Uh, neutral to negative. Um, I mean, hasn't really been given as many appearances as some other people. I know he's been upset about that, yeah. um, but just very rarely looks amazing. So it's kind of hard to yeah. ever rehype that hyped about him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I'm going to go negative just because, one, he's got he's been a good positive attitude, and, and it seems like, but hasn't been producing when he's in the game. So, uh, Derry John Merkin, positive, hundred percent important. Positive. Plug some gaps, center back, left back. You know, been a been a positive to the squad overall for sure. Hundred uh, percent. Hecker, we didn't really see enough. Danny Lazza, uh, neutral negative. I'll give him a neutral just because he had that header winner. Fair enough. Um, I forget team that was, but that was a big goal. I agree. Uh, I'll give him a neutral as well for that. Toby Moore, positive. I think overall, uh, pretty bad season last year. Yes. Um, much better this season so far, uh, and especially recently coming on late again. I'm with you. Uh, who knew that we would say Toby Moore positive this year? But yeah, Toby Moore positive. Uh, how did where did he go? He disappeared. Uh, Thomas Kalash. Uh, everyone on defense is going to give like you know neutral for me. Um, was kind of excited about him just because I've seen a little bit of him before, and I thought at this level he might be able to impact things more than he has. Um, I think I'm fine with him, though. Kind of neutral. Yeah, I think uh, of the defenders we've had, he's been the slightly better one, but doesn't say much. Neutral for me. I uh, hope big things for him. Uh, Blendia Treasy. A blender, positive. 100%. Shout out 100%. Kosovo. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Ah, uh, Thumbs down. Thumbs down, I agree. I, I've been disappointed with him. Drexler. Thumbs down. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, he, he's just, he's not he can't last ninety minutes anymore. He'd be good as a super sub, but that's yeah. Just, Love yeah. the guy, but yeah, thumbs down. Cedric Bruner been injured pretty much the entire time. Neutral to negative. Don't think he's been great, and I think at this level he should be doing you know relatively decently. So agreed. Uh, Marcin Kaminsky, eh. thumbs down for me. Thumbs down. Not as good as you would expect him to be. Once again, at this level, kind of need a little bit more from him. Um, still, still positive in possession at times, and has had some good moments there. Yeah. So that's all the players there. Cool. I, I think I got the player. So yeah, that's it. Uh, let's quickly go through the player um, awards, or not player awards, just awards in general. Uh, so I'll read out the awards. Uh, let's go with ooh, uh, best new signing. Uh, for me, it's got to be Muller. Honestly, uh, I mean, once again, disappointing that he got injured and hasn't really been able to impact things um, to the extent that we would have hoped in the first half of the season. But uh, brought him in, made an impact immediately, and looks like one of the better people on our squad. So, secondarily, I guess you could say like you know Merkin potentially, uh, maybe maybe Lasma. Although they said you said you said kind of negative for him, I still think he's had an impact to some extent. But for me, it's it's more. I'm gonna go left field. I'm gonna go. Karel Garartz. He's a signing, technically. We, we fired our manager and brought him and him, and I think the team, we were in such a doldrum, we were such in a dark place with under Rice, we thought we were going to get relegated again. Garartz comes in, hasn't really made like a super 180, but 
we are out of the relegation zone and we're trending upwards. So that's my sign of the season. But I, I love the shot about Marius Muller. If he had played more games, I'd say that's a shoehorn, shoe brain, uh, a no-brainer. Uh, but yeah, Mueller is fantastic, and I think Gerrard has has been nice, uh, nice to have as well. Uh, moving on, most disappointing, biggest disappointment of the season, player or the, moment? Yeah, so for me, it's it's Schallenberg, um, and that's partially because of the price tag associated with him. He cost yeah. us two million. Yeah, we don't and like <laughs> we do, we don't have millions to be thrown around at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he's been worth that two million at all. I think he's been pretty consistently frustrating, and um, yeah, not happy with him. Um, biggest disappointment for me, um, was just how we, we were, I think, I think even the most pessimistic Shaka fan would have thought worst case, we're just not going to get promoted this year. We're going to be like in the running, but you know, maybe top, top five yeah, or something like that. Eight, yeah. Mid table. And nine. we, we've been flirting with relegation nearly the entire season, if not the bottom, we mm-hmm. just recently came out of it. And that's like the, the fan base is just like. You know, we don't know what to think. You know, everyone knows that if we get if we drop to the third division, there's a strong possibility we could get. You know, we could get go bankrupt or something crazy happen to the team, absolved or something. So, that's been the biggest disappointment for me is that we dropped so far when we were supposed to be one of the favorites to get back promoted back up. So, um, that's been yeah. I mean, I was I think I was more pessimistic than you were, and I was not. And you had like six or something. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I was suggesting that we wouldn't be. Yeah, I thought towards the end of the season we'd be kind of in the hunt. Mid-season, maybe we're somewhere between tenth and twelve or something like that. But I did not expect anything like this at all. So you're, yeah, I agree with you on that. Sure. <laughs> uh, most surprising yeah. moment. Uh, most surprising for me is just the reemergence of Blendy Adrizzi. I honestly thought that he was kind of done. Yeah, um, at, at Schalke for whatever reason. I just, I, I kind of just didn't expect this random, you know, late part of the. Uh, um, first half of the season reemergence for him, and and I'm hoping that it's not a false dawn, and that we actually see some some continuity into the second half of the season. But yeah, I'm really optimistic about it. Obviously, he's a, kind of a pet pet player for for you and I. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say him, but since you mentioned him, I'll, I'm gonna change my my answer. I'm gonna say Derry John Merkin. I when I, when we signed okay. him, we had been signing players that just random players. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? When we hired Derry John, signed Derry John Merkin. I was like, what the hell is this? What is this for? We're like, we got Toby Moore, we got other people, we got Oyan. This doesn't sure. make any sense. And he's been one of the best defenders since he's been in the starting eleven. It seemed like best players on the pitch. And so, yeah, big surprise for me and uh, fantastic signing for me. I don't know why I didn't mention him. Best signing. <laughs> uh, let's go MVP of the first half. Keenan Caramon and like what? wouldn't wouldn't have expected that preseason. Like no. it's surprising to hear those words come out of my mouth. But in a in an absolutely abysmal first half of the season, he has been probably the most consistent source of quality on the pitch. Yeah. Um. And at times, it's looked pretty good. So look, he seems to be embracing the leadership role that he has at the moment. And I don't know how much of it is just like through like professionalism or his personality and more just the fact that he's the only one that's like showing up. So he just kind of de facto as a leader, but he seems to enjoy that, that mantle and like wants to perform well and wants to be thought of in that way. And, you know, so, Hey, you know, good for him. And hopefully he keeps it up with the second half of the season. I wonder how much of it is that he's using the motivation to want to try to make the Turkish team for the Euros is part of driving this for his playing so well. And maybe it is, and I don't. If it is, it is or isn't. I don't care. I agree with you. I think he's the MVP of the season. Um, he's been the most consistent, most, uh, and and we're saying this with you know bated breath because this is his fight league and we're in 15th place or 14th place, whatever. But he's been the most consistent uh, performer, getting the most goals on the team, um, just doing things out of nowhere. It seems like. 
that when we when we least suspect that he's a show that when we need a big goal, he seems to be the one that shows up. We're like, okay, we'll we'll take it. Uh, he drifts in and out of games uh, quite a lot, but when he's when he's when you need a big moment, he's there. And so yeah, for me, Keenan Carman uh, is an absolute no brainer. I think when it comes to a player of the first half of the season. Now, Mario Smuller played the whole time. I think he's a no brainer. He's number one easily, but he didn't. So, uh, Carman coming up with like the head sometimes too, like getting some scruffy, like, you know, physical goals in the box where he gets headers and stuff. So yeah. he's making it happen. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Um, all right. So next last, last one goal of the season. I'm gonna let you go first. Cause I'm having trouble remembering some of the great goals this season. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have time to go through like literally everything we've scored so far this season. So I'm probably forgetting some, um, Honestly, uh, one of them is Oed Rialgo's goal in the opener against Hamburg. Some some clever footwork in the box and then kind of oh, shoots yeah. blind back across his body towards the corner. Toronto assist, right? It may have been Toronto. I forget yeah. who gave it to him. But, yeah, yeah, it was nifty footwork for him. That was like the first match day of the season in that in that crazy Hamburg game. Um, so that was obviously exciting. You know, a player that we had heard about now making his you know senior team kind of uh, not debut necessarily. But was it his debut? I forget. I don't think it was. But anyway. Uh, yeah. um, that was exciting. Um, Ovian actually had a nice goal in that game as well. I think Ovian's free kick goal to level it at 3-3 mm. um, against Magdeburg in that crazy 4-3 win against Magdeburg. Um, Ovian's free kick goal was pretty sick there. Um, yeah. The other two I wanted to shout out real quick. Um, nice. So uh, Lazma's third goal against, I think, nine-man Kaiser Slauden at that point. They had had like two red cards or something. But Lazma's third, it was like a chip over the top, maybe from Caramon or somebody. It could have been a Dreezy. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. And then Lazma held off like a defender in this really weird body position and was able to, to, yes. to slam it in. That was pretty good from him. Um, last but not least, the one that actually I'm, I'm going to give it to. Okay. Because uh, it was just like the nicest sequence, I think, for us. I forget who starts this off, but it's it, it was uh, in the box or around the box. Uh, balls on the right side of the pitch. Um crosses over to Lazma, who then heads it back into the path of Kaminsky, who just like left foot volley rockets it to the far corner and, and buries it. It's so just like a really, really nice yeah, finish from your that? center back. And then also like really unselfish, smart play from Lazma to head it back down in this direction. I forget yeah. what team that was even against. Um, but I don't know. That was part of the uh, – that was the 5-3 Dusseldorf loss, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. So it, didn't, yeah it didn't matter. Yeah, but, yeah, really yeah, nice goal yeah. there. Yeah, that was great shots. Uh, yeah, all those are good. And then now that you mentioned, like, oh yeah, I remember all those goals. Um, for me, and I don't know if this counts because it was a friendly. <laughs> but if you look at the last game they played against uh, whoever the hell it was from Belgium, uh, where they won three-one, the first goal of the game where I think every player on the pitch touched the ball like one touch passing, and ultimately Karaman gave it to Toroto for the goal. If you watch his tic tac tic tac, it looked like Pep Guardiola's type team. Just like we see this all season long. It was a fantastic goal. It was just a friendly. And I don't care if it's a friendly or not. It's our podcast. We do what we want. So that's my goal of the season. But those the goals you mentioned in season, those were those were those were some fantastic goals. Um, yeah, that Oyan free kick. You know, you mentioned that, and plus um, Odorago's first goal of the season, uh, I believe, it was from Simeon Toroto. Um, yeah, those are all those are all great shots there. So interesting. Yeah, it's funny because when the, when the season goes well, you remember all the goals. When the season doesn't go well, so well, you're like, what the hell happened this year? It's just been like whew, big blur. Uh, all right, last thing before we get out of here, real quick. Thoughts on the Hamburg match coming up? Obviously, you know, looking at them at the table, they are currently in third place in the table. Um, much better position than we are at the moment. We're in lowly 14th. So, what are your thoughts going into this game? Uh, you know, typically wouldn't be optimistic and, and really, I guess, am not 
um, seasons have gone very different directions since we encountered them on the first day of the season. Yeah. Uh, even though that five three scoreline, I think, was a little bit flattering to them. Ultimately, I mean, I know Muller had a lot of saves, so there could have been more goals than that. But like, one of their goals came on like Muller was I think up in the up in the box, and they just countered in like the ninety eighth minute, and yeah. you know stuff like that. So yeah, anyway. that's true. Um, but you know what? It seems like we've had a positive Vincer Pausa, a positive training camp in Portugal. Gerard has had some time to work with the squad, um, you know, kind of in a quiet period without, you know, the constant pressure of having to get a result for the next game and probably hopefully yeah. really establish some more of his ideas and improve some things. Um, there hasn't been a lot of turnover or new faces. So, like, you know, not a lot of new people that have to kind of get up to speed with everything. It's still kind of like the same core group. So um, I'm going to just be optimistic to start the second half of the season and see if we get a result here. Result as in a win? Yes. Okay. Okay. I love the confidence. Not by a large, like, but literally by For one sure. goal margin. Anything, yeah. We'll take anything at this point. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic considering where we are this season. I think, um, I think I feel like Gerard has really uh, rounded the guys up and, and got them all on the same page. I'm hoping that they were able to bond very well in Portugal. Uh, that's kind of when you want to do these trips, just so you can get the team a little bit uh, more acclimated with each other, especially if you know it's hard during the season or whatever. So. Yeah, I, I think that you know I'm hoping at least at least get a draw out of this one. Um, if, for, if they learn anything, which they probably you know who knows, but first half of the season we kept saying after game after game, take away their 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 main you know the main striker, the main you know threat. And this game is Glatzel. Get rid of Glatzel, you have a good chance of winning, uh, or at least getting a result. Uh, that you know focus in on him, and if they can if they do nothing else in that game, focus on Glatzel, uh, and I'll be happy. And I think yeah, I, I'll say I'll say we a minimum of a draw. So, yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. So that'll wrap this one up. Uh, we'll be back early next week for the podcast. Uh, back in our normal time. Uh, Is this game on ESPN Plus this weekend? It better be. It should be. I haven't even checked, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I assumed it would be just because two marquee teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The two biggest teams in Germany. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where is the teams? Schalke. There we go. ESPN Plus. There you go. There you go. Love so it. there you go. 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, 1.30 p.m. That's Chicago. nap time for you. Every day. All, all day is nap time for me, man. <laughs> but, yes, 2.30 is my key nap time area. Uh, all right. Let's get out of here. On that note, uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At and J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. You can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. It's going to be back in the saddle again, Jack. Uh, yeah, podcast back to the normal times. We'll try to continue. We'll continue the FM series. If not doing live streams, we'll at least keep the videos going with that. Um, and funny enough, we're playing Hamburg next in, in FM series, so we'll see how that one goes as well. We'll see how, compared to, uh, we're actually doing better in FM than we were doing in real life. But uh, I digress. All right, I'll catch you guys. Uh, we'll catch you guys on Monday, I guess, or someone. We'll, we'll keep you updated. Check on Twitter and uh, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Cool, golf.